This is the Rethink RV Podcast. Escape that nine to five life and live free. Full-time RV nomadic living. You're not alone. Now, from his mobile podcast studio, here's your host, Gary. Oh, yes, that podcast ticker is moving its way on up. 003 for the Rethink RV Podcast. I'm your host, Gary. Now, when you decide to go full-time in an RV and live this nomadic life, there's many, many changes that you have to take on to make this work. And one of those is to figure out ways to make money. I mean, we're not all loaded and just jump into our RVs and have this gravy train of cash, right? I mean, it'd be nice if we did, but many of us obviously don't have that. So the first thing we need to tackle is to reduce our expenses. But the problem is, is you can get your expenses as down as low as you can, but you still need money coming in to pay for the essentials like food, fuel, campsites, repairs, anything else that may come up when you're out there living nomadically. And this opens up the challenge of trying to find ways to make money when you're on the road. You could start the traditional work camping job, which most RVers have been doing for the longest time, where you work at an RV park and either you get a free site and or you get some money on top of it. And that's wonderful. Matter of fact, that's what I'm doing right now here in Missouri. Some people decide to just think outside the box and become mobile entrepreneurs, basically running a business remotely while they live in their RV. That brings us to our two guests we're going to have on today's podcast, Darren and Deborah. This is a unique couple from Colorado I recently met that are both mobile entrepreneurs in their own right. Deborah invented a unique pet dish to help small dogs eat that she now markets globally through her pet distribution company. And Darren, Darren taps into the mobile handyman market, doing light carpentry, plumbing, and repair work wherever they go. And he markets himself on the internet to potential customers. This couple has found ways to do things outside the box, not the traditional way of making money. And they've made nomadic living work for them while they are on the road. Another thing we'll learn with Darren and Deborah is that when you are in control of your own business and you are your own entrepreneur, you control your work hours, your work arrangements, your work relationships. So that contributes to nomadic freedom. Let's go join Darren and Deborah. All right, so next I'm joined with uh, Darren and Deborah, and I also met these two folks, just like I met Jeff in the previous episode here at an RV park in Missouri. And why don't you folks introduce yourselves? My name's Darren, so I'm a traveling handyman. My wife owns her own company. This is Deborah. <laughs> Thanks for having us. So we got married in June of this year, and we know we knew we didn't want to stay in Colorado, but we didn't know quite where we wanted to end up at. So since I run my company remote, we decided to just get an RV and start traveling and just we really have no destination right now. So when it came to your decision, I'm just trying to find out what your thought process was at the time. When you decided to say, hey, let's go full time in the RV. What brought you to that juncture? Was it watching YouTube videos of other people doing it? Did you have a friend that did it? You what? want to know? The truth is, is that when we were first looking for um, places to live, we, we had heard about Missouri, of course, the Ozarks and everything, and we wanted to go check out the Lake of the Ozarks. And 
we ended up uh, looking into rental properties to stay for a year um, while we look for maybe a place to um, to purchase. The place we uh, we had fell through. Uh, they changed their lease agreement from one year to two years without us, you know, approving that, and it just became a oh, nightmare. They got a sneaky with you. Yeah, so and they kind of caught us off guard. We were actually on our uh, pre-honeymoon in Florida when we got this message and decided to come back. That wasn't going to work, and we looked for other places, and there really wasn't much around. And with having a dog, with having a dog at the time, it was just very difficult to get renting a rental of properties in, around the Lake of the Ozarks. Well, they also and, want some of them that do accept pets, and you get that stupid pet rent they like oh, to charge. Oh, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And so we decided that, you know, it was just kind of a random night where we were like, you know, we could, uh, what about an RV? Or, you know, and we could do this while we're moving around. And, you know, and it just... You know, we did a little bit more research from there, and within a month, we had decided that we were going to do this, and we really got into looking into our RVs, and I had done a lot of YouTube research, and um, really got into it, and we looked into our finances, and, and it did work out for us. Yeah, um, financially speaking, what, what was interesting is uh, we lived in Colorado, which is a higher cost of living state, and my rent was uh, $2,100 a month. So when I looked at the amount of money I was throwing away on rent, you know, and compared that to the cost of buying an RV and getting a truck, you know, to pull the RV, the payment was about the same. So I didn't really see it as like a change financially, but I saw it giving us freedom and allowing us to have our pet and have as many pets as we wanted without restrictions from landlords and all these lease contract issues we were starting to see. Now, when you were doing the planning process here, mm -hmm. did you look at this as something as a short-term endeavor, or are you thinking this is going to be the long haul, this is something we're going to stick with for quite a while? You know, to be honest with you, when we got into it, we got into it with the mindset that, that this is going to be a minimum of a year, um, at, at minimum just while we do a lot of research in the areas that we wanted to purchase and things like that. Uh, the more we, you know, we've gotten adjusted to living this lifestyle, we could do it for a few more years comfortably. Instead of being a newlywed couple that rushes out, buys a house, gets into a mortgage and they're working their nine to five jobs till they're dead, you know, we, we didn't want that. We wanted to really find a place that is just unbelievably special, and that is where we wanted to have our first house. Have we found that yet? We're still new to it. We've been doing this for about six months now. You we know, still have a lot of places to check out. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the beauty of this, and that's one of the freedoms that this has allowed us. One aspect that you mentioned is the travel aspect to everything. So when you're living full-time in the RV, it's not just a, a place to live. It also has a travel element to it because you're exploring. You get to see different things, right? So you, I imagine, when you're planning your where you're going to go next and everything, you're not looking at just plopping down for a year at an RV park. You want to maybe stay a few months and then keep moving on, so you got to change the scenery. As you know, it's more affordable to do monthly rates when you check into RV parks. 
So we're trying to find areas where we're willing to stay at least for a month. We, go, we book a month, we get there, we determine if we like it, and if it's an area we're enjoying, we'll stay a couple more months, and then we'll book our next place for the next couple of months. You know, a lot of people do this where they change locations a lot, and they see a lot of different places. We're changing locations less frequently, but really doing more in-depth exploration of the areas we are in. So as far as age bracket is concerned, you folks are what, millennials, or do you consider yourself Gen Z? What? Um, I'm an old millennial. I'm 39. Okay. Yeah, I'm 38, so... So I would say millennial. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the generational struggles that are going on. I'm a Gen Xer, and we had Jeff on earlier. He's a Gen Xer. But the younger generations like yourself and even Gen Z that are going full-time in an RV, they're facing a lot of struggles right now. I mean, from what they're telling us and from what you hear on social media, it's harder for them to buy a house. They're facing less upward mobility and employment and everything. Do you, have you experienced that yourself? And is that a reason why you went in the RV or is it more you're surmounting those challenges through other ways? Living in Colorado, we experienced basically what I would classify as a housing crisis in the last um, few years in Colorado. I grew up in Colorado. When I was younger and, and back in the 90s, you could buy a house for 200000 150000 and it was on acreage. Now, in Colorado, for a rundown shack on no land basically at all in the most horrible places, is going for about 400000 And it's just become so un, um, unthinkable to even stay there that when we go into costs it's not that we couldn't afford that it's why would you want to spend those kind of that kind of money um and i think a lot of people my age have just gotten into the either the concept of two things one you just don't buy a house and you rent the rest of your life and then you basically work and a lot of people my age have accepted that they just know that they're not going to be able to get out of that situation so they've perpetuated this downward spiral of spending money and never getting any return. Um, what used to be a, a time in your 20s, <laughs> you know, has, be, has stretched for most millennials that I know. Um, and they don't even start their lives until their late 30s and financially starting to get, you know, structure. There are people like my wife who um, had a lot of forethought in that, and she's more like what I would call a unicorn um, for most people. They don't think the way they used to, you know, they all feel that housing has become so unaffordable that it's just, and it's unattainable, and it's become this, well, you know, that's for our later years. That's kind of, that's what's been put off for so long. And I think that's been a big mistake for a lot of people our age, but that's the reality of it when housing has gotten so insane to get into. Let's talk a little bit about the, the money side of this. And, and I think you two have a very unique story because one of the challenges that a lot of full-time nomadic RVers face is when they get into that RV, it's like, okay, how do I feed myself? How do I make some money? And in the traditional ways that a lot of RVers like myself are even doing, you know, work camping and working remotely and things like that. But you, Deborah, you took it upon yourself. You're very entrepreneurial. And tell us a little bit about what you've done to help support yourselves while you're on the road. 
Yeah, so um, I own my own company. About five years ago, I invented a uh, pet feeder for my pug. So pugs have a unique anatomy where they don't have a long snout. So they have some challenges that regular dogs don't have. Um, I invented that product. It won top pet product of 2021, and now it's my full-time job. So I have several investors, and the company has grown. We have distribution in um, on all on five continents in over 50 countries now. Uh, so this owning this company um, gives me the flexibility to work from wherever I want. My warehouse is in Denver. Um, and I have manufacturing centers in different parts of the world, but I can still run the company remotely. So, you know, to kind of, you know, go off your last question, I think what is a struggle is someone needs to have a remote job to be very comfortable, you know, if you don't already have a savings that has paid off your RV and vehicle and stuff like that. And a lot of remote jobs, I would say, pay really well. A lot of companies don't want you doing them from an RV. You know, they want you to have a, a house and a, a physical location. So I think a lot of people struggle with finding a remote job, but you know, you can make your own remote work. Uh, I always tell people, I used to do a lot of consulting, so I used to be a resume writer and a career coach, and I made a whole you know company out of that as well. So you can find something you're really good at and do any type of remote work you want. And what Darren has been doing is we have a strategy when we get to a new location, he joins like the local next door. He joins the Facebook groups and he will promote his handyman services locally and he will quickly get responses from people. And like this week, he went to someone's house to do an outdoor plumbing project. And the, that person's neighbor was like, hey, can you come do a job at my house? So um, even if you don't remote work remote, there are options to you know make money while you're on the road. Well, let's take a look at the, the two job avenues or the two career paths that you've selected to do while you're on the road. What I notice is there's some common traits here. So you being an, an RV-based entrepreneur, working remotely and you doing the handyman work as you go along, mm -hmm. um, that affords you the flexibility. You can make your own schedule. I mean, Darren, you schedule your clients when you want to work. Hey, if I don't want to work Tuesday, I don't have to work Tuesday. And same with you, Deborah. I mean, if you don't want to work on your, your pet distribution company, pet supply distribution company, you could say, hey, I don't want to work Tuesday either and make your own schedule. So. This lifestyle gives what a lot of, especially millennials and Gen Z crave, is they want that control. They want that freedom that a lot of them aren't getting in the traditional nine to five sticks and bricks work environment. So that's something that's very unique. And I think our listeners listening in, if they want to make it out there living full time in an RV, I mean, obviously you can minimize yourself as much as you can and reduce your expense. So you don't need to pull in a lot of money. But when you do finally seek something to make money, you want to find something that gives you that, that affordability and when it comes to your schedule and your lifestyle and all that. Because RVing, you're on the road. And it's something that you're, uh, you, know, you can't really conform as easily to the nine to five. And right. I mean, what if you're at a campground and they say, hey, we want you out by Friday, but you gotta work Friday. You know, that's a big struggle. How do, you, how do you pull off that remote work day unless you wanna take it off? if you have to move your rig. Yeah, I've noticed a, a lot of people that do work remote, they do struggle with scheduling their travel days, you know, while they're working. 
Um, so I think my advice for people is if you want to do this lifestyle, you really kind of have to take that leap and do some sort of work for yourself. You know, that's the best way to control your own schedule because a lot of companies, as flexible as they are, they still have their scheduling needs for everybody. Now, without going down a big rabbit hole, just basically touching the surface, uh, what advice would you give somebody out there that wants to go full-time RV living? And maybe they do have a business idea, whether they want to invent something or they have a service to provide, kind of in your situations, both of you. Um, what would you suggest that they should start off with? Should they form an LLC? Should they start off with uh, you know, doing some kind of side business? What's the best way to get it going? First, I would definitely say research. No matter what it is that you want to do, be passionate about it and, and research it as much as possible. Getting your LLC is the next step in, in you know, start, starting the business and everything, but if you're not already experienced enough, if you're not you know, versed in what you're about to do, it's hard to be marketable. You, know, you don't want to choose a pet or a, a product of any kind. You know, if you don't know anything about it, you know, Deborah used her personal experience and saw a personal need that needed to be filled, um, filled. And that's what she did. And what has made it so successful for her is because she is the most passionate pet mom you've ever met. That is what is the key to any success. Um, and I, I agree with Darren. I would say, you know, the key to my success is don't start a business to make money, start a business to solve a problem, right? So if you do a business where there's not a big need for it, you're going to struggle. So I would say do something that you can become an expert on, right? So people seek you out. Do that research, like Darren said, and in doing the research, reach out to people who are already successfully doing that business model. How did they get started? You know, ask questions, ask around. And um, when it comes to your audience, people who might buy or use your services, ask them, like get feedback from them on, hey, if I'm gonna offer these services, what would you pay? How would you contact me for them? You know, ask them so you can start setting up your business and um, know that, like, I, I always say progress, not perfection. So if you spend all this lead time trying to make your business perfect, then you launch it and you don't get what you're expecting. You wasted a lot of time. So it's better get your business out there, start getting feedback and then pivot and make tweaks as you're going. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I can see you have your priorities set right. I think where a lot of people get it backwards is they fall into what is the primary need? Money. And they focus on, I got to find something to, to make money. Unfortunately, that only just covers a, a short-term need on your part. But as far as the business, starting the business, that doesn't do much for seeding what the business is going to be about. Uh, you know, making money is going to come no matter what business you start. But in order for the business to thrive is you have to find a business model or even a business idea that's viable and something that's going to take off. And that's what you, you encountered with your your pet supply business is uh, you found a need, like like Darren said earlier, you got to find a need in the marketplace. So I guess the big takeaway for our listeners is if they if they want to be entrepreneurial and they want to start up their own business, they want to make sure that there's a, a need out there in the market for it. I would also say um, networking too. So what's interesting, I used to own, um, I told you a resume and career co consulting business. 
and I went on a resume podcast and someone working at the Department of Labor heard me on that podcast and then I landed a huge contract from the Department of Labor which really accelerated my business growth. So just the people you meet, talking to different people, learning from them. That's why I was really excited when you had reached out about to us about the podcast. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm honored to hear that. Thank you. The other side of this is my side, which is more the service side. A lot of people out there maybe not have all the ideas in the world and maybe not be you know great at creating a new business and things like that but they're good in at other things trades every, every person i've met in this you know while we've been traveling when they're like other handyman in fact you had another guest stay at this um site who started his own business and and created a rv repair um, and there's and, definitely a big need for RV repair mechanics right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just stayed at a campground in North Carolina back in June. There were no RV mechanics within an 80-mile radius of this one KOA, and there were so many people with broken-down RVs or experiencing problems, and they were looking for a mechanic. And some of them would pay anything to get somebody to fix their, their rig. So if you're thinking about becoming an RV mechanic, you want to talk about a need out there. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely one. See, and that's exactly it. it. It doesn't always have to be you created the newest job or the newest product. Sometimes it's just finding out what is a need in your area. And when you start to travel, you will find needs. Like there are so many things that you, you know, different areas lack that other areas have. Things that you gain experience when you're traveling, you know, that you find out like, Campsites that have for us, you know, like dog parks and things like that. Things that um, campsites that don't, you know, they, they attract different people. But those things, what we look for, are also showing everybody what it is lacking, where things, you know, what can be brought to the community. You know, if we're all paying the, uh, you know, the bills, the almighty dollar, it's, it's all there. It's attainable for any generation, regardless of old or young, all of these jobs are available for people who are RVing and, you know, doing this, whether it's full-time or part-time, there's availability while traveling. You just have to be creative and observant. Jepper, I wanted to ask you, another big buzz term we're seeing a lot on the internet is everybody's preaching about find ways to make passive income, passive income, passive income. And you hear all the big financial gurus saying that you know the ultimate nirvana of knowing that you've achieved something is when you can sit back and money just comes in from something you either created or you established and you don't have to trade time for money anymore. Would you say what you started with your business, have you reached that level where you can feel like you can kind of sit back a little bit and let it run? Or do you still think you need to be putting in that grind every single day to keep that business going? Uh, so that's a great question. I, I'm still in a, so I'm in the fifth year of my business and I still work almost every day because we're still in a huge growth phase. Uh, we're still releasing um, products in our product line and, you know, manufacturing, distribution, global logistics. It is a lot of work. But what's interesting is, you know, my end goal is when I get my business to a point where I can sell it or someone else will be running the operations is to move into a passive income stream where I'm gonna take the knowledge I've learned from inventing products, bringing them to, to the market, 
and use that to coach other people. So my goal is to do videos where I talk about the process I've learned to create high quality, award-winning, very niche products. Because I have so many people always approaching me saying, how did you do that? I have an idea. I don't know where to get started. So as soon as I have a little more time, I'm going to create these videos and I'll just sell the you know, access to the videos and then people can add on a coaching, pa coaching package where if they do want time with me, I will um, allot a certain number of hours a week so my schedule doesn't get too busy um, to provide that coaching. Um, but yeah, I think it's very doable, but it's becoming an expert at something. You are so good at something that you have a knowledge that other people are seeking and it's a knowledge that's gonna help them with their goals. Well, I tell you, when you finally launch that business, we got to have you back on this podcast just to talk about that. Why? Because me, when I log into social media, I get bombarded by people saying, do you want to make X amount of dollars from home? I'll show you how. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And it just seems like there's a lot of people out there that are selling education, quote unquote, products. But do you really know, you know, have they really made it? I mean, who is this person? You know, is this information they're going to give me? Is it good? But see, with you, I know you've made it in your business. You know, I believe you. I have you sitting right in front of me. You know, it's, it, we can see your success. So and when you come out with something like that, it's more credible. Because I think we're having a lot of people on the Internet that are gurus or teachers, but they really shouldn't be. They really have not achieved anything other than how to find out a way to sell a teaching product on the Internet. Yeah, I've noticed that too. It's just this online world we have now where if someone's really good with marketing, they can pre present themselves as someone that has experience doing XYZ and people are so desperate to be like, I want to have the flexibility, I want to have the remote, you know, so they buy into it. So it's really important to establish your credibility and have your network. Um, and I already have a large group of people asking me for this knowledge you know, that I can tap into. And when you help one group of people, it's word of mouth business after that. Let's talk a little bit about the social aspect of living full time in an RV. I'm sure someone could look back at you two and say, oh, you want to live full time in an RV? Ah, that's just a joke. You, why don't you go find an apartment, go get a real job. And they maybe don't understand how you folks survive and how you make a living and you're not lazy you don't just sit in your rv and you're actually out there trying to work and trying to make something of yourself so what do you tell these naysayers out there that think the lifestyle that we live nomadic in an rv is just a bunch of just a pipe dream it's education uh, honestly most people you know for example my parents they ask me and it's all out of love they're they're always asking are we staying warm are you um, comfortable? Is this, you know, it, it's this mindset that this is like, there's very lacking in security, but it's really not. We live every day like, and like we are living our best lives. Um, we are comfortable in our RV. We also decided to invest in those features. When we bought an RV specifically, we looked for what would feel like a home versus a uh, vacation um, rental kind of thing. Yeah, and to answer your question, I do share a lot of videos online uh, about what it's like living in an RV because we do get a lot of questions. 
and Darren takes very good care of the RV because you know if you get in these RV groups you see a lot of people have issues with like a leak or mold or bugs and you know if you do a lot of preventative care and maintenance keep your RV clean and you invest in the right RV you don't run into that um, and it's true yeah we don't have to do yard work right there's a lot less things you have with the RV than a house but we stay busy and when we go to bed at night we're exhausted from staying busy all day you know uh, we we try to get our exercise, you know, when you're in an RV, you don't have access to a gym unless you want to pay for that. So we find other ways to get exercise and Darren keeps very busy with his handyman work. And, you know, we enjoy making dinner together every night. So I just try to share that because a lot of people are curious and they don't understand it. Speaking of social media, do you want to plug your YouTube channel or what other social media that you have? Yeah, so I mean, right now I basically share everything through my business, which is uh, Fluff Trough, uh, and that's the name of the the feeder that I invented. So it's Fluff Trough. Yeah. How do you spell that? T R. F yeah, F L U F F T R O U G H. Okay, Fluff Trough is that dot com? Yeah, dot com. Yeah, and it's you know at Fluff Trough is all of our uh, social media handles. Uh, so that's where I I share mostly everything. <laughs> and I have uh, just on uh, Facebook um, that my wife set up for me, uh, which is Fix It or Call Darren. And it's uh, O R R. Correct. <laughs> that is the it's Fix It and then O R R. It's oh, a okay. Words. Gotcha. Call Darren. Yeah. If you don't want to fix it, just call Darren. Oh, okay. <laughs> you either fix it yourself or you call me. Yeah, because our last name is Or O R R. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right, I was wondering, I was like, why is the second R in there? Okay. So that makes sense. Well, it makes it you know my own, you know, which is sure. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Kind of puts a trademark on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your RV. What are you folks uh, tooling around in? We have a 2023 Grand Design Solitude, and we love the model because it's got a rear kitchen. Uh, but the, the biggest reason why we pick that RV is because Darren is 6'6", and every other RV we went in was too short. So this is literally the only RV where Darren doesn't hit his head. <laughs> you know where the worst are forest rivers? You ever stand in the shower of a, any forest river oh, travel trailer? I'm 6'2", and I hit the ceiling. <laughs> And, and that's when we first started looking into RVs, that's what we were looking for was something large enough for myself because I don't want to be hunched over all the time. But if, if I wasn't six foot six, <laughs> our world would have been a lot more of a choice on those things. But I'm really happy with our, our selection of the solitude. It's, you know, it's got a lot of features that a lot of the cheaper ones don't have. It's got um, three AC units, which we like in the summer. Which definitely helps. Full heating, um, insulation, all-weather package. It's, it's got a vacuum built in, so we just hook up the vacuum hose to the floor, and it's very easy to vacuum. Easy cleaning and maintenance of the whole thing. Um, it's got a full kitchen for people who, are, who really enjoy cooking and like having more of the space in the kitchen. That's one of the reasons we actually picked, selected this model was the 390RK was because it had the largest kitchen out of um, any of the models that we had seen. So 
when you're thinking about living um, full time or living for a long period of time RVing, think of your needs. What are you going to be doing a lot? If you're gonna, if you're a person who cooks, don't get rid of that out of your normal lifestyle. Um, just plan for it when you're purchasing your RV. Um, we, you know, in order to save money, we cook in our RV every night almost. We go on a date night every Friday or so, but uh, we do pretty much just cook full meals and everything like that. And that's because we do have a four burner stove, you know, full amenities, full kitchen. Possibilities of cooking in there are basically the same as at any home um, with that style. Now that was because we chose that. If you don't plan for those things, you may um, think, a kitchen is secondary or if you're just using your RV as like a vacation um, tool it's not necessarily the highest priority but when when you're going to buy a new RV or any used RV or anything like that make sure it, it accommodates your needs a hundred percent and don't sacrifice to make it work mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the, sometimes a lot of people when they're out there buying an RV, they sometimes feel forced to sacrifice if their budget doesn't you know, allow it. And that's when you really have to sit down and think, well, you know, I can make compromises and buy something I don't really need as much. But the problem is, is it's like buying a bad pair of shoes. You know, you have to wear those shoes every day that's and your good. feet are going to yeah. get pretty sore. So if it's a little annoyance with the RV, you know, when you first buy it, and you, see, and you accept it and buy it anyway, uh, it's going to become a big problem later. It magnifies as time. That's what I've noticed. And yeah, I, same. I, I, I see people get 100%. out of the RV lifestyle because they didn't buy the correct RV to begin with. Exactly. I know this may sound like a sales pitch, but it was actually really good advice we got from a salesman. <laughs> um, if it feels small when you're looking at it, it's too small because you're going to be living in this. Those small things when you go, oh, it's, you know, I can fit in the shower, but it does, you know, I don't feel comfortable. Well, now that's going to get, you know, that's going to be 10 times worse six months from now than it is when you're first buying it. So it, you said budget. Absolutely. Everybody has a budget. Take back a couple of years and it may be able to fall into your budget, but you don't sacrifice on your needs. That is good advice, you know. Just because you want the latest and greatest doesn't mean you need the latest and greatest. What you need is a kitchen that works for you, a sleeping area that works for you, and a bathroom that works for you. Everything else, you know, TVs that pop out of the counters and, you know, all those things, they're, they're to get you into it and to make you happy for about 10 minutes. Uh, everything else, your needs have to be met. And that is my best advice for anybody feels small, it's only going to get smaller. It's not going to get bigger. Exactly. Like we said earlier, the little problems become big problems later. Deborah, for the pet owners out there, people thinking about going full-time in an RV, what advice do you have for them? Taking the dog, the cat, whatever with you, what are the challenges? What are the things you can do to get around them? Um, so I have a, a very active dog, Tala. Uh, she's a blue healer, pit bull, chihuahua mix. And one thing I really wanted in the RV was space for her to play. So our RV has a rather large living room area and we just took out, um, our RV has a set of recliner chairs and two couches. 
we just took out one of the couches and one of the slides so the dogs have an even larger area to play in. And then, like I mentioned earlier, having the built-in vacuum system, that gets the pet hair. That makes such a big difference. So we vacuum like twice a day. And I, I think... just want to tell you, that's a sore spot when you keep mentioning that oh, I know. with my <laughs> wife because we have a solitude and we have the one of the only model solitudes that don't have the built-in vacuum system. Oh my gosh. So and we wanted that so bad, but the okay. floor plan is what we wanted. I'm, I'm just saying that. It is that. awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that just to give you a hard time. No, but, yeah, I mean, it does make a big difference. But you answered your question, that, my statement. You know, it's a sore spot to you because you know that it's available and it would have been convenient for you. And it's become a bigger problem as time goes on, like and we it, said. It's only gotten bigger. <laughs> and that's the thing. And for you, I would also say this. Not everything is always available when you're looking as well. If you don't find what you need, but you can make it work. For example, we, you know, we had two couches. We didn't need two couches. We needed more space. RVs are literally just houses on wheels that you can actually customize to your needs and make them work for you if it doesn't have it. It does require a little handyman skills and some physical ability, but if you don't know that person, you know, you can always pay a little lecture down the road. Sure, or just uh, go on to fixit or call darren.com. Yeah, yep. there you go. <laughs> All right, last question. Full-time RV living, what does it mean to you guys? Oh, okay. I mean, for me, I had never traveled before and I rarely drive. Like, driving scares me. So, you know, being able to do this, it gives us the opportunity to figure out where do we want to put our roots down eventually, right? So we're not in this for the long haul. Eventually we will get into a home. But it's really nice to go to these areas and experience different subcultures of the country and meet people we would have never had the opportunity to meet. And like we now consider your family our lifelong friends and we love your little boys, you know? So the other, I would say the other thing is just like having friends in different parts of the country, we can now go visit them. What I was thinking the other day is like, when you go on vacation, you kind of go on vacation and you cram a bunch of activities into a week that you're supposed to be relaxing, right, and recharging. With an RV life, you can kind of take your RV and do those vacation activities while you're having your normal life without wearing yourself out, right? And you can actually have your pets with you instead of leaving your pets at home. So for me, the most valuable part is, you know, being able to spend a lot of quality time with Darren and the dogs and probably being able to see a lot of friends that I would have had to take in time to fly and go see him to spend time with them. It's a freedom I've never experienced in my life. We hear that freedom word a lot in this community, <laughs> don't we? We do, and, and I think that's the first thing is, you know, our country's based off freedom and yet it feels so restricted. And this lifestyle is kind of the first time in my life that I've felt truly free to do what we want. Yeah, I don't like having a miss having a mortgage and worrying about how the housing market is impacting my house. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of people out there right now wondering, should I buy a house now and pay the higher price or should I wait and see if the market corrects? There's a lot of uncertainty there right now. And I think by living full time in the RV, it gives us a break from that stress. We can just kind of detach from that world, but yet still have all the amenities we want and just take it with us wherever we go. Yeah. yeah. Darren and Deborah, thanks for uh, coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. It was really fun. Yes, thank you, Gary. It's been fun.
What a great interview with Darren and Deborah. I hope you really enjoyed that as much as I did. I also want to give Darren another plug and a big thank you for taking my kids fishing here at the RV park for a few afternoons while I was stuck work camping. So let's talk in hindsight what we learned from Darren and Deborah. Whether you're a digital entrepreneur, a freelance enthusiast, or looking for creative solutions, you need to come up with a strategic plan and collect as much information as you can to do things the best way possible. Our first tip is you need to embrace the digital nomad lifestyle. That's the key to success to any nomadic entrepreneur. The internet is always your best friend on the road. Explore remote work opportunities, freelancing gigs, or other online businesses that allow you to live from anywhere. Platforms like Upwork, Fiverr, and remote boards can be your ticket to financial freedom while wandering. These are also great websites for people that are creatives. I'm sure if you're talented, whether it be photography, video editing, graphic design, or even arts and crafts, you might find something that will fit your needs for work on Fiverr. Another thing you should consider is turning your passions into income. When you enjoy work, you'll want to do it and you'll do more of it and you'll be more productive. So ask yourself, are you a skilled photographer, a wordsmith, a graphic designer? Whatever that may be, just use your creative talents to offer services to sell work online. Platforms like Etsy and Shutterstock or even your own website can be great outlets for your artistic endeavors. Now let's talk about this gig economy we're in right now. Many nomads find success in seasonal or temporary jobs, whether it's working at a campground, doing some farm help, or participating in event staffing, these gigs offer a chance to make money while experiencing different parts of the country. Now another avenue to explore is RV-related services. If you are handy with repairs, like Darren was, any type of maintenance, or have expertise in solar installations, consider offering your skills to fellow RVers. Solar is real hot right now, especially with nomads. We'd love to have as much power as we can on the road, and the demand for solar systems is very vast right now. Another thing that you can consider is monetizing the RV lifestyle itself. You can share your journey through a blog or even a YouTube channel, which is more popular than ever. As your audience grows, you can do some potential income streams through sponsorships, affiliate marketing, or even crowdfunding from your community of followers, like on Patreon. All right, well, that's it for today's show. So we'll catch you on the next episode of the Rethink RV podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support us, the first thing I can ask from you is to tell your friends about us. The more followers we have of this podcast, the more it contributes to the growth and prosperity of this to continue on. This is the Rethink RV podcast, embracing nomadic normal.